You know, I was sitting back there and I was like, man, look, I, I know it's been a long day. You guys have done all kinds of things. You've done broom hockey and you guys have gone sledding and, and snowboarding and ice skating and, and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm going to get out there and they're just going to be just dead, right? I just figured you guys would just be exhausted. And then I came out here and... What a, what a nice greeting. I'm just amazed that, that you guys have that energy. But I should have known because you're junior high, right? So you're just like energizer bunnies. You just keep going and going and going. Uh, but don't worry, counselors, because they will sleep tonight. All right. I brought George. George is here, okay? George is here. He's not like, you know, put together. He's in, he's in a state. But we'll, we'll get him. We'll get him put together. Um, so, we began last night by talking about the idea that God is the potter, right? That, that he is the creator, that he's the one who made everything that exists, he owns everything that exists, he rules and reigns over it, and that everything exists exists to bring him glory. And we talked about how that applies to us too, right? That God formed us out of clay figuratively, Adam literally, but us figuratively. God formed us, he made us, and he made us special, right? Because he made us in his image. He made us in his image in a special way that he made us and marked us, and he made nothing else in all of creation in his image, just people. He made us, he knit us together in our mother's womb, the Bible tells us, he made us in his image, and he made us for a purpose, and said that that purpose is to know him and to love him and to serve him. And that by doing that, by knowing him, by loving him, by serving him, we fulfill the same purpose that God has given all of his creation, and that is to bring him glory. So God made us. He made us in his image, and he made us for the purpose of knowing him and loving him, and serving him. But this morning, George, come on, man. You're hurting me here. All right, there we go, George. I love that you guys went, oh, like, guys, you know it's Play-Doh? Like, it's fine. It's not. All right. So, so we talked about, we talked about how God made us in his image to know and to love and to serve him. But there's a problem. Because the people that God made to know and love and serve him, the people that God made for the purpose of bringing him glory, we sinned. We have sinned against him. Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, and every person who's born of a natural way, every person since then has sinned. And because of that sin, the way that God has designed us in his image the purpose for which he has designed us, it becomes distorted, right? Because of our sin, we're like a smashed snowman. Because of our sin, we are unable to live out the purpose that God has created us for. We're unable to know him, to love him, to serve him, to obey him, to worship him the way that he designed us to. We're unable to do what our creator has designed us to do. Unable to fulfill our purpose. Why? Because our minds are darkened to the truth of God. 
because our hearts are hardened to the love of God and because our spirits are dead in our sin. They're separated from the life of God. And this is a big problem. Why is it a big problem? Because a smashed snowman can't unsmash himself. Because we can't fix our darkened minds or our hardened hearts or our dead spirits. We can't do it. We can't fix it. We can't reform and reshape ourselves into the way that God formed us, the way that he designed us, the purpose that he made us for. We can't reclaim that on our own. That's what we've seen in Ephesians chapter 4. That we are darkened in our minds, hardened in our hearts, and dead in our spirits. But if we read Ephesians chapter 4, there is an incredibly relieving word that comes immediately after Paul describes our state apart from Christ. Listen to this. I'll start in verse 18, where we were talking this morning. It says, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, to greedy, and they are greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But... What a wonderful word when we talk about the fact that we are helpless to save ourselves, that our minds are darkened, our hearts are hardened, and our spirits are dead, but, he continues, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Put off your old self. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self, which is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul here is talking to a group of people who have put their faith and trust in Christ. And he's telling them, hey, stop living like a smashed snowman. Stop living like someone who doesn't know Christ. Stop living like someone whose mind is darkened, whose heart is hardened, and whose spirit is dead. Because that's not who you are anymore. That's the old you. And so now you need to put off the old and you need to put on the new. And what is the new? Well, he explains it. He says, to put, on, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. The first thing, that new self, the mind is no longer darkened to the truth of God because the mind has been renewed. It's been made new. But then he goes on, renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness 
and holiness. The heart has been softened. And righteousness and holiness, the desires have been changed to desire the things of God. The mind is renewed. The heart is renewed. There's still a problem, isn't there? Because what about the life? Because sin deadens or darkens our mind and it hardens our heart, but it also brings death to our spirit. But we just have to turn back two chapters to Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, we see this. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived according to the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Here in chapter 2, just as he does in chapter 4, Paul is describing our natural state. The state of us as smashed snowmen, as people who were made to worship God, but instead we worship everything else. He says that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Dead in our trespasses and sins. That we are given over to the desires of the body and the mind. Our hearts are darkened, right? We are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We deserve punishment. We deserve God's wrath because of our sin. But here in chapter 2, just as in chapter 4, we have that word come up again. But. That's who we were. But. God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. And he has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You were dead in your trespasses and sins because of your sin, because you have followed after things other than God, because you're darkened in your understanding, because you're hardened in your heart. You are dead in your sin. But... God is rich in love and mercy. The potter who formed you, the God who made you, who made you in his image, he is full of love for his people. And so though even, even though we are dead and deserving of death, even though our spirits are dead in our sin and we deserve the wrath of God, God comes along And what does he do? He makes us new. He gives us new life. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new mind. So the question then is how? How does God do this? How how do we do this? How do we move from being smashed to being made whole? How do we move from being dead in our sin 
to being alive in Christ. Well, back in Ephesians chapter 4, he says something really interesting. As he's talking to people who claim Christ, who say that they put their faith and trust in Christ, he says this, that is not the way that you've learned. That old way, that's not what you've learned in Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. It says, assuming that you have heard about him. Now, depending on your translation, the translation of the Bible that you're using, it might say that a little bit differently. See, this, this book that we're reading here in Ephesians, this letter wasn't originally written in English. It was written in Greek, right? And there are all kinds of different translations, different people translating this into English in slightly different ways. What I'm reading is the ESV, and it says that you, assuming you have heard of Christ. But I think actually a better way to translate that is not assuming that you have heard of Christ, but rather it's assuming that you have heard Christ. What does that mean? Well, it means that moving from being dead in our sins, darkened in our minds, hardened in our hearts, moving from that to being made new in Christ requires that we hear him, that we hear the truth of Jesus, that we hear the truth of the gospel. And not just that we, that we hear it as in it comes into our ears and our brain processes the words. Every, every one of you in here has probably heard the gospel at some level. You've heard someone talk about how Jesus died for your sins, but that doesn't save you. Hearing it, just hearing it through your ears doesn't save you. What saves you is hearing it in a way that you are changed by it. What saves you is hearing it with belief. What saves you is being given eyes to see the truth of it, having your hearts softened to the truth of the gospel, that you might put your faith and trust in Jesus. See, how is it that God comes along and takes a smashed snowman and makes it new? It's through the work of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to John chapter 3. And John chapter 3 is one of the most famous verses in the entire Bible. I'd be willing to bet that a good portion of you guys in here know John 3.16, right? Raise your hand if you know John 3.16. Yeah, a lot of you do. You know John 3.16 because it's one of the most famous verses in the Bible. But what you might not realize is the reason that Jesus says John 3.16. Because you see what's happening in John chapter 3 is there's a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a man who was a smashed snowman. A man who was made in the image and likeness of God. A man who was made to know and to love and to serve and to give God glory. But he was dead in his sin. His mind was darkened to the truth of God. His heart was hardened to the love of God. And his spirit was dead. And he came to Jesus and he asked Jesus a question. And he said, Jesus, what must I do? What must I do to see the kingdom of God? What must I do to be saved? 
And Jesus responded to him, and he said, Nicodemus, in order to see God's kingdom, you must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand it. He didn't understand what, what Jesus was getting at. He says, how can a man be born when he's already been, been born? How can I be born again? I'm a grown man. Like, that ship has sailed. Why was he confused? He was confused because he didn't realize that his spirit was dead. And so when Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, you must be born again, he's telling him, Nicodemus, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to spend eternity living out the purpose for which you were created, the purpose of knowing and loving and serving God, of giving him glory for all eternity, if you want to live the life that you were made for, then you need to be born again. You need to be given new life. And Nicodemus still doesn't understand. And so then Jesus clarifies in John 3, 16, when he says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, every one of us are dead in our sin. We're dead in our sin. Our minds are darkened to the truth of God. Our hearts are hardened to the love of God. And we are helpless to do anything about it. We cannot save ourselves. But God so loves the world. The potter who made us, who is also our father in heaven, he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, to live a perfect life, never once sinning, never once disobeying God, never once breaking God's law, never once worshiping cre creature rather than creator, never once exchanging the truth of God for a lie. He sent Jesus, his son, God in the flesh, to live a perfect life. And then to go and to die the death that we deserve. I said this morning that the idea that we're dead in our sin, it means that we're alienated from the life of God. And I also said that it means we deserve the punishment of death. We deserve the wrath of God on us because we have sinned against him. Jesus didn't deserve the wrath of God. But he came and he took it for us. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. But that's not all that he did for us. See, Jesus died for us, but he didn't stay dead. Because the Bible tells us that three days later, he rose again. He rose again and he conquered death. That we too might have new life in him. 
Jesus tells Nicodemus, you need to be born again. Nicodemus doesn't understand. He asks how, and Jesus says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Nicodemus, you want to know how to be born again? You want to know how to be formed again? You want to know how to be made new? You want to know how to have new life? You want to know what it means to have your eyes opened, be given a renewed mind, to have your heart of stone and have it replaced with a heart of flesh? You want to know how your spirit can move from death and into life? It's by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing that he is who he says he is. That he is the one and only son of God. That he is God in the flesh. That he lived that perfect life that we couldn't live. That he died that sinner's death that we deserve. And that he rose again so that we can have new life. And if we believe on him, if we trust in him... If we put our faith and our trust in him and we say, Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, I am deserving of death. But I know that you have come, that you have lived a righteous life on my behalf, that you have died on my account, and that you have been raised to life again, that I too might have new life. And so I want to give my life, my eternity to you. If we say that, if we believe in him, if we trust in him, then God's promise is that he will make us new. He will give us new minds to see the truth of God clearly, to understand the truth of the gospel. He will give us new hearts. Take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh that we might love the things of God rather than the things of this world, and ultimately, he will give us new life. We're dead in our trespasses and sins, but God in his mercy, in his love, and in his grace makes us alive together with Christ if we put our faith and our trust in him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it sums it up like this. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We were made by a God who created the entire world with the power of his voice. We were made by him in a special way. We're given life by him for the purpose of knowing and loving and serving him, but every one of us has denied that purpose and has traded that truth for a lie. We've sinned against him. We've sought after things other than him. And because of that, we deserve death. 
but that God who made us, who made us in his image, who made us to know and to love and to serve him, he knows and loves us. And so he sent his son to die in our place to take the punishment that we deserve and to rise again that if we put our faith and trust in him, the same God who made us in the first place makes us new. The old has passed away and the new has come. If we put our faith and our trust in God, we might be made new. We might be made new again so that we can live out the purpose that he created us for. An eternity of knowing and loving and trusting our creator. Now here's the deal. Some of you are here tonight and you've never heard Jesus. Now maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've heard of this idea of the gospel, you've heard of the idea that Jesus died for you, but you've never heard it in a way that changed you. You've never been changed by the Holy Spirit working in your life, and maybe you've heard it with your ears, but you haven't heard it with your heart. But tonight, as you hear it, something's different Something's changing in you. You feel your heart begin to soften, and you're saying, I want to know more about what this is. I want to know more about what it is to be made a new creature, because I realize that I am not living out the purpose for which I was made. I realize that I have fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned against God. My mind is darkened, my heart is hardened, and my spirit is dead. But by the grace and mercy of God, I want to be given that new life. And maybe there are some of you here tonight who have put your faith and trust in God. You put your faith and trust in Jesus, and you've said, yes, I trust in Jesus to save me from my sins, but, but you're still living a life that looks like a smashed snowman. You're still living a life that looks like someone with a darkened mind and a hardened heart. It looks like someone whose spirit is dead. And tonight, tonight you want that to change. You want to put off the old and put on the new. You want to start living in light of the reality of what God has done in you. You want to start living like the new creation, the new creature, the new person that God says you are because of the mercy and grace of Jesus. Well, if either one of those things describes you, then in just a little bit, I'm, I'm going to pray. The band will come up. We'll sing another song. And if either one of those things is you, then when we dismiss, I would encourage you, please just stay here. If you feel like you've never put your faith and trust in God, you've never heard Jesus in a way that has changed you, you've never repented and turned from your sins and turned towards Christ and said, I can't save myself, I need to be made new, and God, you are the only one who can do it. 
If you've never done that, but you want to do that for the first time tonight, then when we dismiss, I want you to stay here. I want you to talk to your counselor. I want you to pray with them. And I want you to ask that God would make you a new creation, that he would give you a renewed mind, that he would give you a new heart, that he would give you new life in Jesus. And if you're here and you already have those things, but you feel like you're not living in a way that reflects it, then I want you to stay back too. And I want, to, I want you to talk with your counselor about how you can put off that old manner of life, how you can stop living like a smashed snowman because you've been made new in Jesus. So whether you're someone who already knows him or someone who wants to come to know him for the first time tonight, but if you want to change, if you want to put your faith and trust in him, if you want to follow him, if you want to be changed by him and made new, then when we dismiss, I want you to stay here and I want you to talk to your counselor. I'm going to pray. The band will come up. They'll lead us in a song together. Then we'll dismiss. Dear God, we thank you for your word. God, we are sinners. We have sinned against you. We have broken your laws, and because of it, God, our minds are darkened, and our hearts are hardened, and our spirits are dead. But God, you are rich in love and mercy. And though all we deserve is darkness and hardness and death, you give us new minds and new hearts and new life in Jesus Christ. So God, I pray for these students. I pray for those who have not yet put their faith and trust in you, who have not yet heard Christ. God, I pray tonight that through the power of your Holy Spirit, through your Holy Spirit working in them, they would hear the gospel for the first time and be changed by it, that they would turn from their sin and turn towards you, and that they would be made a new creation, a new creature, made in your image, made in your likeness, to know and to love and to serve you, that they might live out their purpose for all of eternity. God, I also pray for those students who have put their faith and trust in you, but they feel like they're still living the way they were before they knew your truth. God, I pray that you would work on them tonight, that you would help to show them what it means to put off the old manner of life and to put on the new. You would help them to realize that that old person who was given over to sin, that that is not who they are anymore because they've been made new by you through your gospel. God, we thank you for the new life that you offer. We thank you for the love that you show, for your mercy and your grace when all we deserve is judgment. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.